1: fight fans to another episode of the big fight preview for btr boxing podcast i'm your host sean Basto, as always joined by johnston brown to bring you this week's big fight and it's the return of kelbrook in surely is what his last chance saloon for kelbrook as he goes to face one of the pound for pound kings in terence crawford brilliant fight really looking forward to this one this weekend but we've also got a triple world title fight on the matchroom show involving, of course, Katie Taylor. We've got Rachel Ball and Terry Harper. We've got Andrew Maloney going in against Joshua Franco. It's a big weekend for boxing. Uh, and again, I'm genuinely excited for it.
0: Definitely. I said to you earlier before we even started this show, I, I'm, I'm surprised it's popped up as quickly as it did for me. I've not really been keeping that much of an eye on it. And as you rightly pointed out, Keel Brook been his own promoter now. Something again, I, was, <laughs> I wasn't I was aware of uh, You can tell I'm really on the ball when it comes to the current state of boxing fans at the minute. But that being said, Terence Crawford, Kelbrook, great fight. I I really think this could be a a lot better than the Amir Khan fight, in my opinion. And uh, Terence Crawford, as you rightly said, one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the world today. So a great chance, last chance saloon for Mr. Kelbrook. Certainly
1: is the last chance saloon, and this is the fight we'll predominantly talk about in the episode, whilst touching on the others. So, like you said, really, I know you've not really kept completely abreast of what's been going on, but you obviously have your eye on social media and on the newsreels to see what's been going on. And the biggest difference in this fight for Kelbrook, I suppose, is. The fact that he is promoting himself in this one, he hasn't got a promoter, he, he, he's neg- his negotiations that he normally would have with Eddie Hearn seem to have fell flat, There's there's been a little bit of sour grapes between the two I've seen on social media of different interviews and he's made the decision to cut the middleman out, which in, in some cases, if he's able to have done that and still make good money off this fight, then fair play to him. Fair bloody play to him for doing that because yes. he's going over to America against all odds here. Nobody's probably expecting Kelbot to go and do something, but he looks like he's doing really well in the gym. He looks like he's, he's in phenomenal shape again and he looks like he's got this hunger back to him. And, and And I hope he has because from a British perspective, having watched his career, I'd like to see him have one more glorious night because he's only had that real one glorious night against sean porter way back in what was it 2014 2015 it seems like a lifetime ago since he since he won the world title against sean porter in america so you know he's going in there now against a guy who is classed as one of the best in the world some arguably put him at their their top spot above some of the other fighters out there so this is a a real tough fight for him a real tough fight but I've got to give him the biggest of respect because he's taking this fight. He's taking this chance. He knows he's he's this is it's shit all broke now for him. If he doesn't if he doesn't go for this now, this is it. This is this is his career over. There's no point in him carrying on fighting the JoJo Dans of the world. There just isn't any point of him doing that. If he's gonna if he's gonna go out on his shield, this is the chance to do it. And, and maybe just maybe it'll be a glorious night. I hope so.
0: I really do. I, I, I'm, a ma- I'm a massive fan of Kelbrooks I have been from the very beginning and, and as you say I mean that, that great night sort of six years ago against Sean Porter does seem like a lifetime ago and you know he, at that point he for me was one of the best world rates around at the time he had those two fights with Golovkin and Spence Jr which obviously derailed his career with the injuries to, to both his eyes a significant blow for him and it kept him out of the ring for considerable amounts of time, I mean, it it was it he he, he fought Michael Zarafa, uh, what twenty eighteen, and then it didn't start again until twenty twenty when he fought Mark Deluca. So there've been huge gaps in killbuck's career, and this is just the opportunity for him to prove once again that he he is one of the best around, and he's in the ring against one of the best arounds at the moment in in Terence Crawford. It's a real uphill challenge but if anyone can do it I think Kilbrook can it's just a matter of if he can pull on those old experiences and, and you know that aging body of his and his injuries whether he can overcome them if he can and he can be in the best Kilbrook we've seen all them years ago then Terence Crawford's got a, a tough fight on his hands it, it's tricky because we haven't seen it for so long so it's going to be very interesting, and you know I, I'm rooting for him, and I hope he does. I'm sure he'll do a, bit better, a lot better than Amir Khan did. <laughs> um, it, it's just a, a real tricky one because you just don't know what you're going to get from Kel, Um and you know what you're going to get from Terence. And if if anything like the Kel book we've seen recently shows up in the ring against Crawford, it's going to be quite an easy night. That being said, it still will be intriguing for us to watch, and and. And, you know, we always back our boys. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully he could be one of those guys that pulls off that one of those massive shocks uh, that we've seen with the Hunnigans and and Kirklands in this world. And he could go down in history as that of one of those British fighters going overseas and, and bringing back the bacon. I really hope so. I don't really see it, but oh, it's a tough one, isn't it, Sean?
1: It's tough. And the difficulty for both of these fighters in this one is if Calbrook wins the fight then people will say Terence Crawford was probably overrated. If Terence Crawford wins the fight, people will say Calbrook Brook is past his prime. So really, whoever wins it, there's still going to be criticisms either way. But for, for me, for Terence Crawford, if I'm looking at, from his perspective, this is a, another big victory for him if he should win this fight because then you know he's, he's taken out amir khan he's, he's obviously taking out then kel brook obviously he, he beat julius and dongo jeff horn uh, jose benavides jr you know he, he's, he's beating all these guys that are put in front of him but some of the criticisms around crawford is that he's not for anyone of the elite level people say khan was way past his best I, I tend to agree with, with that statement that people do make about Amir Khan. So again if he beats Cal Brook, is he just going to get the same criticism he's not going to be given the same credit. That, that he probably deserves at this point in his career. And I think what he needs is he, he needs a big fight. He needs a super fight. He needs like an Errol Spence. That, that That's the type of fight he needs. Mm-hmm. Errol Spence fights Danny Garcia in December. So maybe the winner of that would face the winner of this and that would be the perfect little sort of mini tournament to get these guys in the ring together. But I feel I do feel for Crawford because he does take a lot of, of, of harsh criticisms because of the fact that, you know, he hasn't really got that big, Big name on his resume that that people say, you know, this is why Terence Crawford is should be number one pound for pound. Now I talk about Kel Brooks' side and 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 where he's looking at it from his perspective is he believes and his team believe he's got the quality and experience to beat someone like Terence Crawford because again, as I was what I was just saying about Crawford, they don't feel like he's had the experience against anybody like Kel Brooks. So it's it swings and roundabouts. It, It really is, as they say. And I think this fight will will be really interesting in the first two rounds for me. It'll be interesting to see how they both approach this fight in the first two rounds. Whether Kel will actually put his foot on the gas very early on and try and command the fight. Or whether... Terence Crawford will do exactly that as well it, it's going to be interesting, I am, I'm really looking forward to it, the more I talk about it, the more I think to myself, this is going to be a little bit closer than maybe what people give the fight credit for, I think there's a lot of people genuinely of the belief that Kell Brook's way past his prime, that's him done and dusted we have had this conversation about Kell Brook in the past against De Luca when he beat him and he blew Luca out of the water and we felt like, you know, maybe there is something still there with Kell Brook, but if, if there is, this is going to be the time to show it, really, if there is something there have for him.
0: Oh, it is. It really is. It, this is a big night for him. And, and the fact is, is, as you rightly said, Kelbrook's in a win-win situation, really, when no one's really expecting him to go out there and get the win. Uh, the pressure's on Terence Crawford, and Kelbrook is a skilled fighter. He really is. On his, on his day, you know, when I've watched Kelbrook at times, I've been in awe. Of, of how he can fight and how he can dissect an opponent down and yes we're talking a few years ago but he's obviously still got it there and it's just sort of in spurts and sometimes that had some bad performances or low sort of flat performances really He's not really being inspired by who he's in the ring against. You know, the two guys, obviously Golovkin and El Spence, they were the two big fights for him, and and they were it seemed like again an age ago. It didn't work out for him, but for the, for the time he was in the ring before the injuries, he was well in both fights. So, against two of arguably the best pound for pound fighters around in the world as well, you could stick them to, or them two tend to sit in many people's top ten. So, you know, killbrook against the elite fighters, he hasn't been. C- c- Gorically blasted away and knocked out and just put to one side. He's been in both those fights. So if we can get anything like that from Kel Brook, I think he causes Crawford all sorts of problems. But on the other hand, when I watch Crawford, I'm in awe of him as well. The way he can dissect his opponents, and he, he's got that ability to sit in the pocket, or he can fight from range. And he's also got a fantastic knowledge when he's in the ring, and, and he's able to, to work his opponents out and find a way to win. And sometimes emphatically. And that, for me, is why I believe Crawford might just be too strong for Kel. And I think the other thing with Brook is that he's fighting a welterweight. You know, we always said... was he? he's better at 154 now, he's more of his size, he's moving up to the middleweight division when he fought Golovkin and he came back down and he said he was going to stick at 154 and now he's back at 147, whether that's going to be a problem for him. But, you know, we'll have to see, he he may burn out, so he may need to go through it early and if he does, no one's put it on Crawford before, really got in his face, no one's been able to catch him, he's been too good. Ricky Burns, you know, all them years ago again when the time when Crawford come over and, and he was brilliant when he was outstanding. That was the night when I see Crawford and I was like, i watching this guy for the rest of his like his, his career, which I have. I've kept a close eye on him. So Crawford hasn't looked like in any any time, in any of his fights for me, in any danger of losing any of them. People may say he's in against guys that are sort of on the cusp of a league, but can't over the hill and past it. Brook, probably the same, but we don't know. If Kell can bring it, I think he could, he could get a shock upset. It's possible. And I think kilbrook has got more of a chance against Crawford than what Amir Khan did. I, anything's possible, Sean. I really do. I would love to be able to be speaking about this next week and saying how Brook has gone back to that old form and he's just produced an absolute classy performance and he's now a new WBO Worldweight Champion. Who knows? Hopefully, we'll be doing that.
1: We'll see. We'll have to wait and see. And of course, we you know, prediction-wise, I think we kind of want, We want it. Calbrook to win. We both want Calbrook to win from that perspective. But thinking about it with my head, I do kind of see Terence Crawford getting the victory on, on Saturday night, and I do see in him uh, potentially, potentially uh, late stoppage for Terence Crawford against Kelbrook. Uh, having said that, again, who knows you just you really really just don't know what Kelbrook's going to turn up and what he's got left if it's the Kelbrook of old of course I'd expect a very very close fight and I couldn't really pick a winner but the Kelbrook of the last couple of years to me Crawford Crawford wins this and he wins yeah. it comfortably against against Brook so that's the main fight of the weekend that we wanted to ...start the show with. Now, of course, there is a lot a lot to rattle through with other shows going on this week. And then it turns to Friday night at BT Sports Studio... Uh, he's headlined by Mark Efron's rematch against Denzel Bentley for the vacant British middleweight title them two went at it not too long ago and it was a very close fight I felt Mark Efron won other people felt Denzel Bentley won so that's another good fight to be tuning into this particular weekend and of course the return of Tommy Fury the Love Island star the brother of Tyson Fury he's, he's finally back in the ring this weekend against probably a nobody of course against a journeyman it's not going to be anything exciting but it's just something to highlight because of his his name because of people who watch that ridiculous show, Love Island, of course, so he's back out this weekend <laughs> and then also on that card you've got Michael Ramaboletza and Chris Bork uh, and Casey Kadime versus Ijaz Ahmed making that bill what it is so my main other uh, focus for this particular episode was going to be the, the the triple world title fights that are going on on the Matchroom show on Saturday night, which I think it's the first. I don't think I've ever seen that type of a card with three all-female world title fights. We've got Terry Harper against Katharina Thandes, Katie Taylor against Miriam Gutierrez, and then Rachel Ball surprisingly getting a shot at the vacant WBA bantamweight title against Giorgio Lina Now, let's just just briefly touch on, on these particular fights for this weekend because... Obviously, it's a a bit of a crazy bill, really, because it's headlined by all three uh, women fighting for world titles, which is, again, something we've never seen before. And we did say in the past 12 months in our episodes about female boxing, how it's come on, eventually there probably will be... Near enough of an all female show, and we've near enough got this. It's it is literally fifty-fifty. You've got three male fights and three female fights on the card. So, you know, it's not going to be long before we get an all women's fight card. It's probably going to be Matchroom that promotes it. But this these three fights then then Johnston this weekend, we've got three world title fights on the line. Let's just let's just start by going through them bit by bit. And Rachel Ball is actually getting a shot at the WBA bantamweight title after beating shannon courtney in that fight on the matchroom fight camp series now she was originally scheduled to fight the australian who is on social media and has kind of built a following just through using social media and it's ebony bridges who she was supposed to be fighting now she's a very good looking girl ebony bridges and probably one of the more attractive female fighters out there and i think that has given her this big social media following usually a lot of um (laughs) a lot of sex hungry guys that are basically following her twitter account because she's uh she's got quite large breasts and she's quite a good looking girl and a lot of men tend to sort of follow her and suck up to her on social media and she's she's built a following out of nowhere and then she was supposed to fight rachel ball she's got injured and then hogalina guanini is coming and rachel ball's got this this brilliant opportunity out of nowhere, to fight for a world title.
0: And, and good for her. Um, I, I mean, it's a great achievement for Rachel. And I mean, we did discuss the uh, Shannon Courtney fight. Um, we, we previewed it and then we reviewed it after I, I went for Shannon. I thought Shannon was going to have enough and, and Rachel produced the goods in a good fight. I think it was one of the best fights of the night. And she proved to me that she's definitely worthy of a world title fight. Um, unfortunately, she's, she's, well, fortunately for her, she's now fighting someone... Uh, I, I mean, I don't know too much about her. I'm not going to really say too much about but the other lady that she's fighting. Um, honestly, my honest opinion, I, I, I'm i not going to st- sort of sit here and say that I think Rachel's going to win this comfortably because I don't know what the other lady brings. But saying that, she, she's beaten Courtney. I mean, I would assume that that, that win against Shannon Courtney would have been a harder fight for her than this one. Um, again, I might be wrong. <laughs> um but I mean, what a great opportunity! She's come through some. She's been through that one fight that we, I personally thought she was going to lose. She's got the win. I thought maybe a rematch was something that was going to be happening. Instead, she gets this chance to fight for the WBA world female bantamweight title. Um, and what, what an opportunity! I mean, you you tell me, Sean. I don't know what what does the other lady bring. Um, for me, it looks like it's just going to be a nice night for Rachel, and she should be able to bring back the title. I mean, I don't know.
1: I, I honestly don't know. Uh, I'll be totally honest with everybody listening. I don't know uh, Guanini. I don't know her as a fighter. I've not followed her career. Uh, I've not even had a chance to have a look at what she's about. So it is it is quite a difficult one to sit here and say, I know Rachel Ball's going to win this. I'd like her to win it. Again, batting for the Brits, of course. I'd want her to win this fight. I'd want her to get a world title. I would have preferred to see the Ebony Bridges fight just because, obviously, you know, Ebony's been making all this noise on social media and she's... You know, smart in in some ways, it's been very very you know shrewd how she's built this big following because it's put her in the position to originally get that fight, even though nobody really knew about her before she came on social media, apart from the people maybe in her local town in Australia. So the way she'd built that was 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 great, and and eventually she probably will get a shot. But I don't know too much about Rachel Paul's opponent, so I can't sit here and honestly say to everybody listening to the episode that. I think Rachel Ball's going to walk it over. I'd like to see her do that. But I honestly can't sit here and say that is going to be the case. And I think it probably leads us nicely on to Katie Taylor's fight as well. She's defending all the lightweight titles against Miriam Gutierrez, who is an undefeated fighter at 13-0. and But again, another fighter I haven't seen anything of. And people might listen to it and think, well, why, why, why are you talking about it then? Well, because it's Katie Taylor, of course. We've covered pretty much all of Katie Taylor's career throughout the podcast. So it's only right that we really mention this particular fight. All I know about the Gutierrez opponent is that she's fought pretty much all of her fights at home in Spain. And the people she's been fighting are all people that have got 50-50 records. So she has not had a step up. So to me, straight away, looking into her record, that indicates that she's not for anybody like Katie Taylor. And this, again, indicates to me that this is possibly going to be a comfortable night for Katie Taylor. Maybe a night to to showcase what she's all about. An easier fight for her, because you've got to remember, the last few fights for Katie Taylor, they haven't been easy. She hasn't took an easy fight in the past couple of years katie taylor this could be that easy fight before she then moves on to potentially face Chantal cameron so it is going to be interesting to see what happens in the fight and whether gutierrez can actually bring something to the table and and actually shock a lot of us we don't know katie taylor you know let's be honest she's she's bought 33 34 now she's had two tough fights with delphine Passoon. is that taking any miles off the clock has it added any miles to the clock sorry we don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Miriam Gutierrez, again, I don't want to sit and, and, and dwell too much on because I don't know too much about her. And it'd be wrong of us to sit here and say, well, she's definitely going to get walked over. Judging on the record, judging the fact that she's never fought
0: anybody with a winning record, to me indicates it's going
1: to be a difficult night for her.
0: I think it's going to be an easy night for Katie. I, looking at the statistics on Gutierrez and the, the girls that she's fought, as you say, they've not had the most credible record. She you see, she had the uh, EBU female title, um, so she has some credibility there. She's a bit older, a little bit taller, but there's no way she's been in the ring with anywhere near the quality of Katie Taylor. And as you said, Taylor's had some challenges, so it would be nice for her to just bring it back down again, just hopefully for her that there's no incidents and she doesn't get cut or anything silly because it could be turned into a bit of a disastrous night for her. Hopefully that doesn't happen and she comes through comfortably and she can retain those titles and then move on to bigger fights again.
1: Now, Terry Harper, I don't think has got a, a, as much of an easier test as what it appears that Katie Taylor has. She's taking on Katharina thunders who is 11 uh, is 13 and 0 with two knockouts on her record now she has actually beat rachel ball Uh, in 2019 she beat rachel ball in the august of that year uh, and beat her on points now that's the interesting part about her record is that she's beat somebody of course that we know she's also won the ebu european female super featherweight title and she's won the wbc international female lightweight title so she has got a good resume essentially she has been beating people that have been put in front of her with relatively decent records barring a few opponents she's got a relatively decent record and now she gets this opportunity in what appears to be a voluntary defense from terry harper defending the wbc and the ibo titles now for me personally i would have much rather have seen the jonas rematch because i felt natasha jonas absolutely boxed out of her skin Uh, and i think when we had that conversation we could have seen jonas actually winning that fight and i felt uh, she, I think, in a way, she kind of did, but I think we was kind of agreeing upon the draw being, being quite a fair result at the end of it all. But I think she deserved that rematch. I really do, and I don't think it was, do think it's fair that that Thander's has got the actual opportunity. She's ranked eleventh in the world. You know, why has Jonas not been given this immediate rematch? Why has she not got that opportunity? These are sort of questions that I know a lot of people have been asking. But, yet here we go. This looks like it's going to be a potentially easier night at the office for Terry Harper. And, again, I'm, I'm at a loss of words as, as to why they wouldn't want to put a fan-friendly fight like the Jonas Harper rematch on.
0: I'm with you. We said it, we wanted Natasha Jonas and Terry Harper, the, the rematch that was... We felt that it was inevitable it should be made. As soon as the opportunity arose, then they should have made that rematch. Um, Natasha proved us wrong and a lot of people wrong on the night. And for that reason, she deserved an opportunity to get another shot against Terry Harper. So I'm a bit disappointed with it as well. And it does, it would seem once again that Terry is, it's almost like she's taking an easy route. It's not necessarily on her. I don't ever believe that with some of these girls uh, and some boxers in general, male or female, It's the team around them. Uh, Obviously, they didn't like what they see. Maybe they're thinking more along the lines of, let's get Terry a fight and uh, get her confidence back up. Maybe it knocked her confidence a little bit. Um, Get her in a bit more, in better preparation for when the rematch inevitably happens. I assume it would do. Um, Natasha, I, I thought personally, when this fight was made, that maybe Jonas had a fight with someone else's against someone else herself but she didn't so um yeah it's just it's just boxing isn't it it's just tends to be how it is we have to wait months to get the fights that we want to see hopefully uh she gets through this terry uh and she comes through against as you say a fairly credible opp- opponent someone that has beat rachel ball uh, a, a great little notch on her record i would not I-, I couldn't see uh terry losing this fight i can't but um from what I've seen, but then again, you know Natasha Jonas put her under pressure, and she, you could see there was chinks in her armor. So maybe Fandres or Fandres, everyone pronounces her name. She uh, maybe she's seen that and thinks she can do something similar. Um, we'll have to see. I, I think Terry should come for it, and I hope she does because I would like to see Jonas fight, and I would like Jonas to get an opportunity to, to for, for another shot at him titles.
1: The other good fight on that card to listen to, watch out for is John Doherty versus Jack Cullen. Uh, pr- pretty much a fan-friendly fight, that one, to watch, because this is going to be for the middle yeah. middleweight eliminator for the British title, and it was originally supposed to be Jack Cullen and Jamie Cox making his return. And Now, Jamie Cox got injured, so now Jack Cullen is in there against John Doherty instead, who's a big lump, and this is going to be a difficult night for Jack Cullen. Now, I love watching Jack, but I, I honestly can't see way past John Doherty steamrolling through him I think he, he's he got a heart he's got determination he's got the grit Jack Cullen but I just don't think he's going to be able to match The force that's coming from John Docky is is huge. He's huge for for that division. And I think this is going to be a a very, very difficult night. And just to correct myself, it's actually the super middleweight division, not the middleweight division. So it's for the uh, uh, British title eliminator for the super middleweight British title. So it is going to be interesting because Jack Cullen really is naturally a middleweight. So he's moving up. He's taking opportunities. He's probably getting good money for it, which is why he's deciding to do it. But I just can't see anything other than John Docher to a win. But it will be a, a fan-friendly fight to watch. So for you guys that are listening, definitely want to go and check out on the Saturday night. Now, the only other fight that I've not covered yet and we've not discussed is Andrew Maloney trying to recapture his world title that he lost earlier this year against Joshua Franco. Now, I actually spoke to Andrew Maloney last night uh, to do a written interview. Now, he wasn't giving anything away in terms of how this fight is going to go down because he didn't want to give a game plan away of course and he said that quite politely at the end of the conversation but what I got from him was the fact that he was very very determined to, to right them wrongs of that first fight he feels that he, he made a lot of mistakes in that first fight uh, and, and in the first fight he, he actually came on strong in the first half but then seemed to fade in the second and then got knocked down and then ultimately it was just game over for him he, he lost the fight fairly on points but he's, he said he's watched the fight back and he said it was hard for him because he's seen all the mistakes that he made. And he, he, he feels he's he's got all the preparations correct. He's been over in Vegas for nearly six weeks now, giving himself ample time to get adjusted and acclimatised. Uh, and he's practically ready to try and get this world title back. Obviously, with his brother losing, Jason Malone, who is twin brother losing to Nao Inoue last week, he's going to want to try and bring something back to the family by getting his world title back. So it is another good fight. It's on the undercard of Brook versus Crawford. So, you know, it's another good fight to be checking out this weekend. Again, I'm looking forward to that, Then particular two fights on that card. I think the the, the three world title fights on the matchroom Saturday night card is going to be interesting to sort of see the developments of, of whether these fighters that the girls are fighting are going to be easy touches or whether they're actually going to come and be difficult. And then, of course, we've discussed all the other fights that are going on this weekend. It's, it's very exciting to, to have boxing this free-flowing again. My my main focus is Brooke Crawford. That's the one I'm looking forward to the most. I just want to see whether Kel's got anything left. And I, I'm just kind of praying that the guy can just go out there and cause an upset. As much as I know he's at the back end of his career... I'd just love to see him just have that one more glorious night
0: well I mean just thinking about his historically with, with these British fighters that have gone overseas and produced the goods with Lloyd Hannigan and Kirtland Lang for example two guys that on their day had an abundant abundance of talent they you know the they had the ability at times to beat the best I mean Curtin Lang what he done to Duran uh, when he put his mind to it and Hunnigan, uh, you know, another excellent fighter on his day, he just just had the ability. It's just at times they weren't quite there. I can see similarities with Kell Brook. So thinking that way, I think if anyone could do it, I think Kell Brook can. I mean, at one point for me, as I say, obviously a long time ago, he was definitely knocking on the doors, one of the best welterweights around in the world. Um, if he can bring back any sort of form in that vein against Terence Crawford, Terence Crawford is going to have a tough night on his hands. So, looking at it historically, I think you know, I think he's got a chance. I really do. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, my head says Crawford, but you never know, Sean. You never know. Let's let's hope that we get to see that Brook of old, and he produces a great night for British boxing.
1: Uh, one more thing that I wanted to finally touch on, uh, just following on from some of the news that have come out this week. The main thing for me that I've picked up on is the fact that Canelo is now no longer with Golden Boy and zone anymore, and that he's literally now his own promoter. And I think there was a few points that were raised by various people uh, in the industry who were actually quite rightly saying that when floyd mayweather did the same thing when he separated himself from from a promoter and he became his own promoter essentially he cut again he cut out the middleman and still made shitloads of money and still does even if he came back tomorrow for one more fight he'd still make shitloads of money what do you think of that what do you think about canelo at this point of his career where he is now he is a global superstar he's basically
0: cut ties with the and golden boy and he's, he's now going solo it's an interesting one. Again, I, I did pick up on that earlier today that he's a, he's a free agent, and I was quite surprised because obviously he was earning quite a bit of money with his own shitload of money for fights against guys that weren't that great. So he's obviously going to now go alone. Whether that can influence him in terms of he's a you know what he can do in the ring. I don't think he. I think he's still young enough, and I think he's got a decent enough side around him. His team are very close with him. Uh, they have been from the outset, from the very beginning, and he's stuck with them. He hasn't necessarily changed. He's had his problems with promoters. Hence why he's probably decided, I might just do this on my own now. He's, he's got enough money in the bank. He's got a big enough name. You know, If he put his name forward against anyone in the light-heavy, middle, super middle, any one of those, anyone would jump at the chance. I suppose what it does cause, uh, the questions I would have to sort of raise is, What's he, what's he thinking? Is he thinking, I just want the big fights now? Has Have the promoters been an influence in the Callan Smith and the Billy Joe Saunders fights not happening? Or will we, will we see Canelo in actual fact, he was the one that was sort of hesitant to fight these guys? I think this is the question that he will be able to answer us now. If he's going out it alone, there should be no problems. He's just going to be dealing with a promoter of a fighter that he chooses because once he puts his names in, name in the mix... Anyone with half a brain who wants to earn some money would fight Canelo Alvarez. So um, that's what is going to be interesting to watch for the next sort of coming months. And and hopefully, we see him in the big fights. That's all I want to see, whether he's got a promoter or not.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's all I want to see. There's talk of him fighting Kayla Plant in the super middleweight division for the IBF version of the title. That that's another fight that's been that's been spoken about. Which should be uh, one that i again I'd, I'd welcome any of these fights for Canelo. I'd welcome any of them. I just don't want to see him taking a backward step now and fighting anybody that is is sort of lower than the top five in the world i really don't want to see that now he's at the point of his career where he's got the power he's got the control you know why not take these big fights now why why not go and finish that legacy off the guy regardless of what people think about him clubbuterol scandal all the other stuff that's happened over the years the guy is phenomenal the guy's been a phenomenal fighter to watch for 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 at least the past decade We, we we voted him as our favorite fighter of the decade Canelo Alvarez, Mm -hmm. favourite fighter of the decade when we did our end of decade show at the the start of the year. So for me, he's got another good four or five years in him at that very level, at that high level that he's at, where he could fight all these guys. And he could clean up, potentially. He could beat Billy Joe Saunders. He could beat Kayla Plant. He could beat Callum Smith. Then he could even decide to go one step further and go back to the light heavyweight division and even test himself against the likes of Bivol. Yeah, people are going to say he's going to get absolutely slaughtered by guys like Peturbiev but at the end of the day i suppose if, if if in his mind if he's getting a hell of a lot of money for doing it he's not fighting to keep his undefeated record because he's got no he's got he's got a defeat on his record of course as we know so why why not take these fights what what harm is it going to do now in taking these fights at this stage of his career other than if anything all the fights that he wins are just going to continue to build upon that legacy that he has i think he's uh, scarily, what what's kind of happened with him is he's kind of followed the Mayweather blueprint in some respects, is that when he got beat to Mayweather, when Mayweather beat him, give him a boxing lesson, he adapted his style, he changed, he become a different fighter, and he, the way he's progressed throughout his career is a very similar way to the way Mayweather progressed throughout his career. Now, the only difference with the two of them is that I think Canelo Alvarez has took Fighters in the primes, as opposed to taking some of them maybe a little bit past the primes, that we've argued Mayweather's done. Now I think Canelo could leave boxing with a better legacy than Floyd Mayweather if he if he takes them big fights. I am genuinely excited to see what developments happen now as a result of this. The only other rumor relating to this is that. Dana White, head of the UFC, is setting up his own boxing promotion. Uh, the name, I think it's Zufa, Z-Z-U-F-A, And there's, there's talk of him promoting a Clarissa Shields fight and promoting one of her fights coming up. If that's what Dana White's getting into, there could be a possibility that Canelo could jump ship to that promotion if he is offered, again, a hell of a
0: lot of money. That's an interesting one. It's something that's been spoken about for quite a while about Dana White coming over into boxing and the name just gets chucked around regularly. So maybe that's part of the reason. Maybe he's looking to to build an alliance with him. That's definitely a possibility. Uh, I mean, you talking about the Mayweather blueprint um, actually did make me laugh because I did see... uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr., actually, uh, he was furious at ESPN when they named Muhammad Ali as the best boxer of all time and actually questioned if he should be in the top spot. So (laughs) I just thought it was really funny. I've got a quote here from uh, Floyd Mayweather himself, and he says, What are you judging the fighters on? Because we're judging fighters on standing for a cause, then it's Ali hands down. If we're talking about... The least punishment and breaking records, it's Floyd Mayweather. Muhammad Ali paved the way for me to where I am today. He's a legend. But when we talk about record breaking, we've got to talk about Ali losing his world title to a fighter of only seven fights. I have to take my hat off to Ali, but I didn't think this sport 40 years to say that there's another fighter better than me. So, um... <laughs> Um, May River Jr. back to his antics, talking a load of old crap because uh, Muhammad Ali is the greatest fighter of all time. End of.
1: Absolutely. I don't think there was many that would argue against that, to be honest with you. There really isn't. It's a subjective debate and something that's been hell it's been debated the shit out of for years but we've you know us two individually we've got our own opinions we've always looked at Muhammad Ali as the greatest of all time pound for pound maybe even Sugar Ray Robinson was the greatest pound for pound but Ali was just the greatest heavyweight fighter of all time it's again you could sit here and 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 debate this for a very very long time but everybody kind of looks at two individuals as their top guys Muhammad Ali Sugar Ray Robinson you don't see many sitting there and going oh well you know Floyd Mayweather should be in the top spot. You don't really see many doing that. Yeah, he he did a lot for for boxing. He did a hell of a lot for boxing, and he's an unbelievable fighter at what he was doing. But do I put him in the top spot? nah no. Nah, I, I lived through the Floyd Mayweather era. You've lived through the Floyd Mayweather era. I wouldn't put him at the top spot. I really wouldn't. No way. That that's just our no that, again. That's just our opinion. you know, we're entitled to our opinion. People might say it's wrong. They might say he should be at the top spot based on certain academics and achievements. But again, it's. What do you base it on? Everybody bases it on something completely different. And that's why everybody has a different number one or a different top five or a different top ten. That's why they do because they base it on certain things as opposed to just one set parameters. So that's why you end up getting different people with different lists all the time. But yeah, it's a good thing to bring up, actually, at the end of the episode. Uh, with a bit a bit of a comedy from Floyd Mayweather, as always. But hey, it creates debate, and that's what it's all about, isn't it, with boxing? Well, Fight Fans, yeah. then, thank you very much for listening to this episode, as always. If you've not checked us out on social media, you can do so at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and you can find the Facebook page BTR Boxing Podcast Network. Now if you've not already checked out the Patreon page, please go and do so. It's www.patreon.com forward slash BTR Boxing Podcast Network. If you go on there and you sign up to be a patron, whichever tier you select, you're going to get various membership benefits including early access to episodes, commissioning episodes, you'll even get polls that you'll be able to vote on for different episodes that are going to be coming coming up later on down the line and of course you're supporting the podcast and that's huge for us you've seen the developments you've seen the way we've progressed with all the different series that we've got we're going to keep continuing to do that and with your support we can go there even quicker fight fans as always please let us know if you've enjoyed the episode please rate us on apple podcast and always check out the other series that we run the darker side of boxing career profiles and legendary nights thanks for listening see you next time